get the Wi-Fi, I was like, I don't remember these characters' names. Not I that it matters that much. I also don't get Wi-Fi. Or, like, not, what or is rather, <laughs> I don't get Wi-Fi. Like, the Wi-Fi what is here? that? I don't. Is or it like I don't. I'm not getting my cellular. A balloon? Service. I oh. feel like it's a balloon. A Wi-Fi? Yeah, a Wi-Fi. Why for? Why? Why? Why is it up there? That balloon? And also, and then Phi like Phi, get out of yeah, here. Yeah, like you I guys don't know have that. enough Wi-Fi. Phi. 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 Okay, can I go on your Wi-Fi? I probably don't need it, but... Then no. No, yeah, you Then can. no, it's limited. Okay. Give him the Is there anything deets. I need to know? Also? Is there anything to know? Not really. We like oh. to... Um, oh, I can do it for you if you're yeah. ready. Give me... Yeah. Give me, 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 Wi-Fi. Um, no, we usually... Um, we just kind of wing it. However, like your speed... Like if you want to... You gear the conversation in terms of... Oh, yeah. There's no format. Uh, yeah. That's how what, you want to talk about it. If you want to talk about scenes, if you want to talk broad strokes first, whatever you want to do. Do you have charms? Are you on the Wi-Fi? Uh, yep. I'm on the Wi-Fi. I'm just remembering. I don't I'm think I've ever seen you eat charms. Thing. I eat charms all the goddamn time. No, you don't. Yes, charms? I do. No, you don't. I have a bat. I have a crate of 150 of For these in long? my room. How long have you been doing this? Uh, a couple months. I just got into it. It's not like a. What are they? A couple months. Charms. What is that? Charms is the original candy that spun off all other hard candies. Like oh, these, that's lifesaver. Well, they were they existed original? in like the Wild West days. They sold charms. No. And that company eventually came out with the Tootsie Roll, the Blow Pop. Uh, lifesaver. Oh, what you didn't know oh, okay. that he's like, feeding you from charms. is this candy propaganda right now. Candy is this candy ganda? It's candy ganda. Is this candy ganda? Yeah. Uh, guys, I it's almost just another game. I almost, candy ganda. Cho- I almost chose Wreck It Ralph, but I didn't. Ooh, that would have been a good one too. I like that one. I, cho- I like this. I chose movie. not to because I was just going to be talking shit on Wreck It Ralph the whole time, and I was like, you know specifically on Ralph or on the no the like, movie the whole movie. I hated it. The thing about you hated Wreck It Ralph. I thought it was a. I hated it. You hated it. All right. Hated it. <laughs> no, we, no, we fight. can't go into it. <laughs> Do you like a uh, Lego movie? Love Lego movie. We're, this is, we are incompatible. But that's not this episode. It's not going to come <laughs> up. Why are we talking about so? No. Well, I, I haven't mean, seen Daniel in the episode because I haven't I'm seen rolling, Daniel in a long time. Oh, we're just, oh we're rolling. Yeah, the yeah he does begun. that. He does that. Oh, has it been going since the beginning? Yeah, For a bit. probably. Okay. Just don't, I mean, just don't put anything where I'm talking shit um, about that. Company. I woke up the other Wreck-It day and Ralph? had a recording of myself waking no, up. That. But uh. today's topic is not regular Ralph. <laughs> We're back for another frame rate, the show where we rate frames Whee! and convert them from eyeball fodder into earball fodder yeah. and shove them at you. Are your, your earballs ready? My ears are just ready for it. I just can't wait. We're your trio of voices this week. I'm Michael Swain. I'm Abe Epperson, and with us is our guest. Daniel Vincent Gord. Woo! Freshly primed earballs for you guys. Yes. Excellent. I you, can't wait. You flush them out with the ear neti pot, as I ask all our guests to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. But mm-hmm. just so you know, by the end of this, they're going to be ruined. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's going to be bad for everyone. So the topic this week is a movie I've never seen. And in fact, I had never seen any of the movies from the era of Tom Hanks before he became Mm. Forrest Gump, Saving Private Ryan. Like important. Big? Like I haven't seen Big. I haven't seen Splash. I haven't seen Mm. Money Pit. Mm. Um, I haven't seen Joe versus a Volcano. I haven't seen almost any of them. I've seen Big. So there was this period where Tom Hanks was going to be, what, like a... Like a Dax Shepard or a Ben Stiller before he graduated to being male Meryl Streep. It was Meryl a simpler Street. time. Yeah. They didn't have those niche shepherds. You know, like this was more, 
leading man. He was yeah. going to be a wasp, which is a term I'm going to use a lot this episode, considering that it's He'll about the birds. Sting you, but only in, uh, sting you. but only in in up to a point he was in comedic vehicles only. Yes, um, yes. And the one I conspicuously didn't mention was picked by our guest Daniel. Please name our topic and explain why you picked it. Okay, so we are talking about the burbs. The burbs, you guys. Um, I chose because, well, these gentlemen gave me this nice list, and (laughs) I was looking at all the movies. The reason we were talking about Wreck-It Ralph is because I almost talked about Wreck-It Ralph today, but I... I have a lot of latent anger about Wreck-It Ralph that I just didn't want to air out in front of you guys. Well, so I was looking. <laughs> so I was looking through all the movies, and I saw the Burbs, and I was like, I know intimately what the cover of that movie looks like. Like I so remember funny. seeing it uh, in the it in him Blockbuster in the robe with lightning striking yeah, and, and his robes fluttering open. Exactly yeah, yeah, on yeah. the like dark street. Yes, and. I just knew what that was it is and an had no image. clue what that movie was about at all. That, that's the same. So no you idea. hadn't seen this movie. No. And you hadn't seen this movie. And I, that poster was, you're right. That's for some right? reason, it's a memorable image. I did know it's about a cul-de-sac where they end up thinking something horror is going on. That's all I knew. This yeah. is going to be fun. I want to hear your guys' takes. It was. That's, you've seen this, it. This Oh, we've all now. watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we've all watched but, it now. But yeah. like, uh, this was like important to me growing up. Like, me and oh. my brothers would yell, "Hey, what are you doing, Pinocchio?" and stuff like that. We had like lines. Like, it was like, I don't a, remember what? Oh, you like said you actually. The reason, by the way, I said you've seen it, right? To Michael, because uh-huh. he was like, "I'd never seen. I've never seen this movie mm-hmm. in a way that seemed like it was in the present tense." Mm-hmm. And I, for a moment, was like, <laughs> oh. "Am I about to be like? Is Michael revealing that this is the one movie that he's?" hasn't re- seen that he's reviewing <laughs> yeah. full disclosure we rescheduled, <laughs> we rescheduled this session twice and i still never found time to watch the movie yeah. this is like a book club where i'm gonna fake my way through based on the cover he would just he would just play the video and then start yeah. vomiting as soon as the no, burbs really, come up yeah. i don't want to get off this too okay. fast let's yeah. stick on this cover because that's what i'm most yeah. familiar yeah. with yeah, yeah, let's yeah, really yeah. unpack i, I feel like he's holding a, a, a like hour. a wire or something I anyway you guys a, can probably yeah, visualize a that vein involved yeah it's it's a it's a a, a dark and yeah. dreary uh landscape right. in the suburbs <laughs> and so i was like you know what? i want to actually know what this movie is about for the first time uh, my general here's my general lay of the land uh-huh. point of view on, lay it on us which is that it's so like fright night mm. or uh, like a rear windowy kind of thing yeah, yeah. but like fright night specifically I, That's, I those are two perfect films this is the amalgam of those two things you know but fright night had come out before this movie this so came then, out 89 fright night was I, I looked it up earlier i'm pretty sure it was 85 Okay. So it's like a Fright Night, but without going to exciting places. Now, Fright Night I haven't seen. I'm not going to pretend I have. And Mm. that gives me credibility about having seen The The Burbs. But uh, what is Fright Night in a nutshell? Fright Night in a nutshell is... Vampire uh, movie. Younger, Mm. you know, like a teen boy, like starts to suspect his neighbor of being a vampire okay. and very similar events take place right, so, you know right, right, right. in that it's a very for, classic like neighbors up to something story neighbors up to yeah. no good now and this that is an one it's a horror subgenre. movie 
uh, which is he, a like, whole turns subgenre. His friend yeah. and like there's a whole there's it's pretty dark. Well, like a dark horror movie, whereas yeah. this is a comedy horror. This all is the like way. Ferris Bueller's Day mm-hmm. Off, but like. <laughs> But the bits are in the cul-de-sac. There's yeah. a ghost or a yeah. wind blows. Yeah. Woo! Or there's green lights there where there shouldn't be. Yes. I thought outside of Tom Hanks, who it is delightful to see, like there was a reason. Like it made me want him to see Tom Hanks be an Anchorman three or something. Where oh, I was yeah, like, yeah. every time he was on screen, he really lit up the screen, and I get why. Oh, he's like earning. This is why later he'll be Tom Hanks. Right. But like, the pretty Hank. bad movie, right? Like, pretty fucking corny, stupid movie. The Burbs. I'm not looking at Abe because it's a childhood <laughs> favorite, so I'm asking for backup. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, so there's some things that I really like about it. Because one of my favorite movies is Gremlins. Okay. And That's Joe Dante. Also yeah, Joe Dante. the same director. director yeah. And it has a lot of the Gremlins stuff that I think is really effective. It's very like whimsical. It's got the yeah. Jerry Goldsmith music. It's very like bouncy, and you're mm-hmm. like, da, 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 and you feel like you're in this bright. Th- there's no yeah. dark frames. You know? I would describe it's, it as horror that's not scary, coupled with comedy that's not funny. That's that's <laughs> fairly accurate. Do you it's, like Caddyshack? No. All right. Well. <laughs> Other than like bowing down, being like, "Yeah, Bill Murray is doing a performance that's way ahead of its time," mm-hmm. but it doesn't make the script of the movie less like dated and hacky to me. Yeah, I just I it, there was some tone stuff that was weird about it. Like I was mm-hmm. d- also we I started watching it near Halloween. Burbs now, not cat. You know the burbs. Right, good. <laughs> and I was like kind of delighted because I didn't realize that it was a horror-ish mm-hmm. movie and mm-hmm. so at the beginning i was like "Ooh, i'm like really excited about this like what's gonna happen uh-huh. and then you know pretty quickly carrie fisher is like oh i we need to go on that vacation you know i want to like get out of town yeah. and he's like i just want to stay in town for a week and just relax and i was like this is a good setup she's about to go out of town leaves him at home to fend for himself for the week and he goes off he goes off the radar or you know he goes off the reservation and and starts like like loses his mind a little bit but but she never went out of town that's she stayed in town well just for a brief time there's, towards there's, the end, she takes the, the end, kids for like 12 yeah. hours. It's at the very the end of the movie, though. So you're <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, ooh, this is the setup. Oh, wait, it's not the setup. He, she's just at home, too. And they're just, she's like, yeah. she, he's pretty like mean to her. That's what and she doesn't say. really care. I got to add, because it is a thing that I don't, I don't judge the filmmakers or the humans living at that time. But in the same way where there's a generational gap where... Some people are still fine with spanking their kids, I'm sure. Right. But a more of a majority of people are like, oh, you spank your kids? That's a little weird. Um, I loved how honest the parents fighting in front of their kids was. Because you were like, he was like, no, I kind of want to stay. No, he was like, I should get to stay in my house if I want. Get out of here. Just shut up. Like She was like, okay, well, the whatever you do. is pretty real. And mm-hmm. I was like, that is how my parents fought in the 80s. But... Comedies these days would have sanitized that more. So in a way, I guess it's more real. But it was jarring to me in a comedy to see non-sanitized fight. Like, the guy just wants to smoke a goddamn cigar. Can't you just go cook the roast? And his son is, like, watching this unfold. And it's not addressed as, like, a traumatizing event. No, not at all. It's addressed as, this is a scene where we establish that the parents are disagree. It's just that... uh, it actually made me realize that our broad comedies today that involve 
like straight white parents are pretty sanitized. Their fighting is like, okay, well, mommy and daddy are just having a conversation, yeah, but we don't want it to impact you. This was like good eighties fighting. I liked that. It just felt like Carrie. So there was a, definitely a few kind of weird things about it in that in that kind of like, oh, a good amount of time has passed since this came out yes like oh the the women in it are very hollow not that we have fi- <laughs> not that we have fixed that yet but you know truly like uh it's so from the male perspective yeah. and the the women have no no perspective carrie yeah. fisher is like the ultimate but that really hasn't i mean housewife yeah. with no you know at least i feel like for some reason it didn't this movie didn't know that it needed to have a story between the main character and his wife. Yeah. Uh, additionally, Mark, right. who's played by uh, Bruce Stern, he's oh, yeah. the uh, mm-hmm. the the ex the vet who's like uh, into guns kind of guy. Yeah. Never explicitly. Um, he, his told his wife <laughs> is essentially an object. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who that like Corey Feldman looks at. They all look at. Which is a bit in Friday as well. Right. So again, to hammer home, like it's not like if you fast forward, it's gotten much better. Like yeah. Uh, Adam Ganser and I just watched. Tag, the very recent comedy with that home oh, yeah, pine that tag. Was not a Jeremy Renner. To me. Uh, well, we watched it with an analytical eye for reasons, but mm-hmm. the one of the main takeaways that I thought was so interesting is that it's 2018. We're watching this movie, and there's like four female characters that are literally can be cleanly slotted into the Madonna or whore categories, Mm -hmm. which is like a meme from the 1400s of how we view women. It was just insane to me that still you're like, yeah, she's the wicked woman that plays them against each other using lust. She's the perfect capable woman who's an angel who's going to be a sex prize at the end. Right. And she's the woman who will never speak because she's just along to watch these events unfold. Have you guys seen uh, (laughs) Hot Tub Time Machine recently? Not since oh, it was new, yeah. not since it was new. It's a I like spicy. It's spicy. It's like a ten-year-old film yeah. that is stuck in the nine early nineties. Mm-hmm. It is so crazy to see these people <laughs> say shit that you're like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> but Crispin Glover with the one arm still funny. <laughs> I hope. Yeah, it's All right. not bad. That one's a pretty easy bit. Yeah. Back to the burbs. <laughs> But no one can nail creepy, awkward like Crispin Glover. But he's mm. not in this. We have uh, the other notable castmates. Are, well, let's describe the neighborhood because it basically boils down to the trio of dudes mm. plus Corey Feldman watching them. Mm. Right. And the closeted gay neighbor who just has his dog. Oh. Who? Car- Walter. Oh, Walter. Oh, Walter. Yeah, I mean, okay. I mean who, that, Who's who knows? But yeah. For a second, I That's thought you were saying... What they were, What's the name of the guy who they constantly refer to as fat, who by our standards is like not as mildly what? overweight? Uh, He's the oh. fat one. What, Art? Yeah, the comic relief neighbor. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. His yeah. introduction is how much he eats. Is it? I didn't even remember that. Oh, his intro? Oh, the, yeah. He's just he steals food on everything. He goes oh, to yeah. the fridge right. in his neighbor's yeah. house right, and right, takes right. a roast. Yeah. Um, everyone refers to him as the fat one, and they make classic like comedy fat jokes at his expense, which is just so funny to me because, again, it's like an era thing. They would have cast a way fatter dude in that role. They, but, they had John Candy slated, like, yeah, and they just right. didn't rewrite that it when would not they recast it. So it's. It's the dumb fat one, Tom Hanks, who's the identity dad. Yeah. And the crazy vet. Do they explicitly say he's a vet or does he just 
Yeah. He, he, he just spent prison. 18 months in the bush. So the okay. four yeah. main characters' names... Um, also, did you guys notice their definitions of the personalities that they exhibit? So Art uh, is very creative with his version of reality. He's like, maybe it's this, mm-hmm. you know, this Slavic family moves in. Maybe they're, you know, yeah. up to something. Maybe they're murdering people. <laughs> Mark is a vet, obviously, uh, and a gun nut. That's uh, Ray is Tom Hanks. He uh, he obviously propels the story forward and has like the singer once in after act two into act three once he decides whole hog and you know like they go and they have the sardines and crackers that scene right he comes back and he's like i've found the toupee these guys are murderers clearly uh so uh and then also one could argue carol who is carrie fisher could it's also very just Christmassy. Be she's very yeah yeah <laughs> she uh, wants everyone to be happy and you know well, also, Mark's last name is Rumsfeld, which I don't know if he was on the political stage yet at the time, but obviously could be a Donald Trump. I don't Rumsfeld think enough for a movie to in 1989 that would mm. notice that. Ooh, yeah. He's been around, though. He's been in the administration. Um, but yeah, then there's Walter, and then the Klopex have right. Ruben, the doctor, Hans. Um, These are the neighbors that are creepy. And that's the reference I made before uh, at the very end after the ambulance stuff. At the very end, Hans tries, crashes the car and tries to run. And Mark goes like, "Hey, Pinocchio, where are you going?" Which is just random ad break. Uh, it's just for I so- think it's meant to be a racial epithet in the sense that he's Italian, so I, he's calling him. Pinocchio. No, I think no? it's because what he's wearing is they're mm. not Italian. They're like, I know. Ger- I think he's conflating all European people. Maybe I think it's because he's wearing a very like short. Jacket and a, like a like a straw hat and like he just looks like a cartoon character. But I don't know. There could be an origin of a, a racist epithet in there. I don't. I wouldn't know. Well, uh, I'm building to my main point, which is but, <laughs> this is basically a movie about. At first, my prediction watching it when the kid came out on the porch, I was like, "Oh, this is about a meth house finding out there's a meth house in here." I mean, he's picking at sores on his faces, and he has yellow skin, and the light hurts him. Mm-hmm. And I was right. like, "This is just going to be a poor family falling apart because of me- their son is addicted to meth, amazing and movie, all the wasps though. invade their home." <laughs> it's and just privacy. gummo. <laughs> yeah, no, but, it was just, this was not gummo at all. Not gummo. Then when it turns out. Uh, no, they're creepy because they're Slavic. Is <laughs> basically the real reason. I well, must they, have, say, they have a a classic horror movie house on a yes. sub suburban per, like perfect cul de sac. But yeah. I would tell but, listeners that that is not enough reason to wait until it's dark, break into your neighbor's house, go through their garbage, well, <laughs> literally threaten them, like Mark says to their faces before they have any yeah. evidence. Shit, like. I'm going to get you. I know what you did. Don't do this to your neighbors. <laughs> like, this is basically the story well before they have proof of xenophobic white dads getting together to harass and break into the home of people yeah. because they are of a different national origin. That's the main underlying thing that makes them weirded out about Well, them. I would that's, say, I would say that's that... That's what the movie's about. I, I mean, yeah. I think... Because <laughs> they, they are the villains, To right? be fair, I mean, I think that's... There's no, some truth... That's no. the argument, but finish, oh, okay. Daniel. Which is, you know, I think... I was reading a little bit on, like, you know, what they were thinking, making this and Wikipedia that, and I think people who spent time in the white suburbs growing up relate to like 
there's one creepy house on the street that right. like no one yeah. ever comes out of and like what's going on in there mm. and you know but why does it have to be i bet they're not from around here that's well, always the conclusion yeah, exactly yeah. well they weren't from around here 1980s <laughs> suburb life yeah. they were it's from like, transylvania yeah it's essentially a new yorker cartoon about like xenophobic uh, otherness and wasp culture reacting to other types of cultures infiltrating quote unquote. although it's not like these, that's not absolutely like, what's although this is not, it's not, not totally because it's these people John are not br- these Dante's people are it. not bringing a new culture into the street because it's not like yeah. it's not like they're decorating their house the way like they would where they're from. They move into what is the spooky murder house, right? You know, and <laughs> With so it's not really their culture basement. they're they're bringing in. Yeah. It's it's, but there is an otherness to them just being from somewhere else that and is I, just like ambiguously spooky that to them. It said ten times, I'm pretty sure they're Slavic. Like with deep fraught meaning. And I'll get off this point, but I would just say (laughs) I don't agree that it's an effective satire that it would be if it ended where... I really wanted it to end, which is a good Which flip, is that they were, where the Tom doctor Hanks, isn't actually a murder doctor. He's, a, he's just a guy who happens yeah. to be creepy and works as a crematory uh, artist. I, and Tom Hanks yells in the street, which I thought was a cool thing. Don't you see? It's us. Our whole thing yeah. we posited was that living right. in the mundane suburbs drives people crazy. It's us. We're the neighbors from hell. Yeah. We went crazy. Then immediately the yeah, guy goes, no, you were right. I am a creepy murderer. We're the I ones know. who are vaulting so over fences Spoiler and alert. peeking through people's windows. Yeah. We're the ones throwing garbage in the street and lighting <laughs> yeah. fires. By the way, which is Carol says, like, what are you going to, you're just going to throw garbage in the street and light people's houses on fire? Yeah. So she, like, at the beginning of the film knew that that's what they were going to do somehow we're the ones who are acting suspicious and paranoid art we're the lunatics us it's not them it's us which is like the it's that barbaric yelp of that i agree with you that it isn't a great satire and my argument for that because this is exactly what i want to talk about Mm -hmm. uh my argument for that is because especially i like even now like with marvel movies but definitely true with hindsight in 1989 uh you get someone who's like Tom Hanks, who's like on the up and up, uh, you know, uh, about to get an Academy Award nomination kind of stuff. Like he's he's becoming an A-lister and he's not going to be the hero in this movie in this in this climate. You just can't make that movie. I agree. I Uh, think Joe Dante probably knew it was happening, but it was a sellout move of like. The studio is going to want to It has to. It has to. But Joe Dante wanted, like, I'm pretty sure the best part of the movie is the speech that you're referencing. And that's probably because that's the idea he had that he built the movie That's what it's about. (laughs) It's just when you make a compromise like that, if that's truly what happened, Mm -hmm. where, because if you haven't seen the movie, we already spoiled it, but at the end, basically no evidence comes up that they are actually creepy and... And, and you uh, think, Tom oh, Hanks is like, oh go my god, we just lost our minds and we turned against them. Look what monsters we become. Yeah, right. And then moments later, the guy's like, it was me. I am going to kill you now and you'll never find my secret. Yeah. And so and then he, like, ultimately they undercut what seems to be the theme by being like, oh no, you guys were right. Good job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ultimately, if you do that, the movie isn't about anything. Because the theme yes. was undercut immediately. It's just a comedy. And, and then, yeah. but I mean, I just, if I had read the script, yeah. when in the version I saw, I would have been like, this is a really fun kind of idea. Cool, go further mm-hmm. with it. Um, I think 
more stuff needs to happen and it should by it should, like I love how by nice the, you are by the, as a script reader. by the end of it um there should be some sort of journey uh some of the characters should either not be in it or should have qualities like the Carrie Fisher, now, the get Carrie the Fisher fuck character out of my office. drove in a me nice crazy. Way. But, yeah. <laughs> now Lee, now no, you're absolutely right about that. I think that this is a, it's a pandemic that still exists. Like I think that you would be if you don't think that this kind of shit is still happening now no, I just right. don't in watch making it. movies, you're disillusioned. <laughs> you're right. If you turn the script in now with all the improvements you just described. I think a healthy number of producers would still say, you can't promise a movie about murderer neighbors and then they'd turn out to not be murderers. And I, and so, I be, agree. so change the ending. I don't right. care if it goes against what they you're trying to do. They look creepy, therefore <laughs> are creepy. Uh, although I think if there hadn't been a murderer, if they hadn't been right at the end, I would have really disliked this movie. Well, I would have been like, is- so we're tr- they're supposed to like descend into madness and we we stay in a couple houses the whole time, and I'm supposed sure. to have gone on this journey sure. for two hours with you, where basically nothing happens. Well, they like, do. I can't. They blow up a house. They, do. they blow up a house, but that's pacing it. has also changed so much in the interim yep. with comedy yep. that I would say the amount of comedic bits that like sequences that escalate and then <clears> resolve in this would be in a sitcom episode today. Yeah. Like there would be an episode of yes. Everybody Loves Raymond where they get suspicious and then there's a commercial break and then in act two they burn their house down and in act three they are talking to the police and that's the cold close. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is kind of stretched out that same bit where you're like, oh, you thought they were evil but it was just a misunderstanding. Right. There's a, uh, <laughs> right, exactly. There's actually a really interesting, uh, like, I don't know, I guess it's a chapter Edgar Wright wrote about, about how this movie influenced him as a filmmaker because mm. it's the first that is always true like you're absolutely right it's slow and it feels like like it's it's formulating an idea but the thing is the idea is a great idea because name another film that predates this that right. does this kind of stuff it absolutely is seminal in the like for no reason for absolutely no reason tonally it makes no sense movies up to this point would never do this um, and and I'm talking like Mel Brooks comedies even well, I'm, not, do- I'm just gonna so shortly because I want to see if we have same brain are you about to talk about the lawn bit the lawn stepping on and off the lawn so, yeah yeah with like the spaghetti western yeah, spaghetti okay, western <laughs> like uh, like dollies into their faces and stuff like that mm-hmm. why why make it a western like that you have to yeah. transplant mm-hmm. plant yourself into 1980. And seven and go like someone who's taking like here's a like i don't know what it actually was made for but like here's like 40 million dollars right go make a movie uh that is going to be on every theater in the united states right and then they're like why is it a spaghetti western all of a sudden in this moment why is yeah. it like this michael bay like type thing even though michael bay hadn't even right. done it yet michael bay does it later like where it has these swooping shots for yeah. no reason to play for comedy it doesn't feel right because no one had seen it before. And of course, I think what a lot of people will grant is the funniest moment in the movie is an incredibly jarring formal break that today would totally play in something like Deadpool 2 or whatever. Mm-hmm. But back then must have been very jarring <laughs> where they go, this bone oh, is yeah. Walter. I know. And it just pumps, zooms in and out. Oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't like that. I did think that was <laughs> I didn't like funny. that. It's that whimsy, well, though. It, it has no teeth. Well, it's here's saying, the thing. Well, this is a cartoon universe. Right. But I just want to ask, Abe, before we get off that thread, would you say 
Marx Brothers counts as, as that because they would do stuff like everyone freezes in place, the lights go dark, and Groucho turns to camera and says, and now a bizarre interlude. And to me, that's uh-huh. like, that's fucking ahead of its time, I dude. absolutely <laughs> agree. I think that the Marx Brothers is to plays in theater what this was to film. In other words, taking the sutures of how everything that became before it uh, was crafted, unraveling them, looking inside and going like, oh, these are the mechanizations of yeah. editing. These are the mechanizations of sound. But you're right. They and then no how can we jokes. just yeah. like dice it up and make something that's super familiar to someone and then as a joke just throw it There's against There's moments the that are jarring, but they recognize what it's from. Mm-hmm. They go... Oh, I've never seen a comedy suddenly become a Western, yeah. but I know that these are Western shots. I'm now. not saying that you wouldn't have something like The Simpsons without the Burbs. I'm just saying that the Burbs was at the beginning of this movement. Yeah. I mean, filmmaking-wise, I appreciated a lot of things about it. Um, the, Although I still have to say, see Fright Night, because this is just a boring, not as good version of Fright Night <laughs> okay. without... As many movements is in the Fright script. Is Fright Night comedic at all, though? It's a straight yeah. horror. Yeah, and, and oh, Fright Night's been remade since then, <laughs> Man, and it's really Charlie's good. So, the main character in Fright Night is such a dick in that movie. Like his girlfriend, his super hot girlfriend that he does not deserve, and the movie acknowledges that's this fact. Kind of the 80s just, for you. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, it's now. It's yeah, that's, that's actually <laughs> just that's humankind. That's, yeah. uh, the. the, the, the He's just like looking out the window, like watching a guy. She's just like, I want to have sex. What the fuck is happening right now? He's like, shh, my neighbor is walking around. Right. <laughs> well, you're talking about Corey Feldman now, right? No, no, sorry. We're it's, talking about Friday. That's hilarious because Corey Feldman has this beautiful, sensitive, oh, right? like just attached to you whenever you need her to be and then gone whenever, like literally, oh. you know, a holographic fantasy girlfriend. Right. And he does the, the same shit. She yeah. comes over and sits on his couch and is like, I just came over to see you. And he's like, let's sit on the porch and folding chairs and watch <laughs> my 30-something-year-old neighbors do stuff. Do right. cold as It's Yeah, it was like I'm ordering pizza. Like, and she's like, I don't want to do that. And he's like, shh. You'll get it. Just give it some time. Did you know that? No, make uh, sweet love to her in the afternoon. By the way, Corey Feldman improved the line "Pizza Dude" in this. Oh God! And he is widely accredited as the origin of the. This movie is the origin. I do appreciate that because I like I like that I can be like, "Hey, Pizza Dude," which I say every time I order. Yeah, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Hey, Pizza Dude. Pizza dude. Yeah. I, it's oh, like, dude. I mean it, it doesn't feel like an expression. It just feels like it feels two like words it's together. like saying something like, why'd you call him a nerd? Hey, ninja pipe. Like, yeah, like what's you made up the word nerd? You yeah, know? Exactly. <laughs> I I the, Feldman is is I think because they probably wanted younger kids to also go see it and think there was a rad teen that's them in the right. movie. Yeah. Um Feldman seems to I actually like Feldman. He doesn't suck as an actor. No, he's a, he, he's, you know, he's, in, he's engaging. You're, yeah, you're watching him. You're like, yeah, okay. Um, There's a reason he was in so many movies. I'm interested to ask you guys because I was five in '89, and so I have some memories. And of course, '90, '91, '92. You know how time works. Yeah, you were also five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm great with time. I feel like Feldman was there to be this Greek chorus that kept reminding us of what's really cool when you think about it is how it's this random, a neighborhood's just a random assortment of people there for different reasons, but 
yet they form these meaningful connections. Like he goes, I love this neighborhood. And literally the last shot of the movie is him looking Direct into the camera, camera, which is I fucking so, love this street. Oh yeah. So fucking over and the top. <laughs> my question is, I don't, and I want to hear from listeners too. Was anyone's neighborhood like that? My parents didn't know the names of anyone who lived on our, and we lived in a nice suburban neighborhood that looked exactly like that. They still didn't know the names of the people to the left and yeah, right. Mine was. Yeah, was I, like we knew that. everyone on our block when I, I lived was, in Inglewood, which I lived in half of my childhood was mm-hmm. in Inglewood. Everyone knew each other's names, and but that was because Inglewood <laughs> that was is more much of a more turf thing. Right? No, no, <laughs> Inglewood has been very. It's been a variety of. It's changed a lot during my life, yeah. but you know, it was a, just a much more of a community like people know their neighbors people need their neighbors for things in marin which was very opposite much less so people knew each other but they didn't need each other they this is more about marin this is more about marin certainly um then man I feel like I've missed out on a huge part of life then. Like, you're I good. happen you're to good. grow up in you're sterile good. environments. <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> I never knew, never had a kid who was a friend who was a neighbor. I would always oh, yeah. travel by car to their house, oh, which yeah. was across town. We, we would walk who to each other's houses. We, were friends who from would school. Get, we would knock on the door with. and say, like, can Sonia come out and play? Yeah. And we would literally ask if they could come out and play. I and their parents would be like, yeah, she can come out and play. And she'd be like, yes. Yeah. And run out. I grew and then up on we were like playing. kind of farmland, though. So I still had to walk. Mm. But like it was the old country living. So it's like, yeah, you let your eight-year-old child just walk for a mile. Un, you know, like no one's even around. Sonia's so mom, be when well, she needed her, no would go around. outside and whistle really loud, mm. and they would be like, oh, we have to go home. Right, Mom's right. whistling so loud. But uh, So, from my perspective, so you guys' childhoods are like fucking... Leave but it here's, to be. Uh, uh, leave it to be. Paintings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's... You know what? But this is this movie has a very specific point, I think, about like the Marin counties of the world, uh, it, which is that it's it's public theater, like people looking outside the window because they're bored because of the 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 formation during, economically what we had during this era or what this era is speaking about the grabbing on and hold of America's middle class yeah. and the exodus of the suburbs that really happened in like the fifties and sixties, but now it's like the children of the people who like found founded that concept were now like inheriting that life. Right. So that's what the eighties is. And it's just so grotesque. There's actually a film called fists in the pocket from 1950s. That is an Italian film. uh, And it's a really good movie. And it also is all about like people like everyone knows everything about everyone, right? And it's like if you were to break up with your girlfriend, the second you do it, yeah. everyone knows and is on a side right. and has an opinion on it. And you're like you're so close to being ostracized from the only area of living that you have. And I think that's the same thing that they're, it's talking about I, here is that it's like we are toxic. This is a toxic I, environment yeah. because you're bored you're kind of rich and you're you have just time to kill and you don't like the other people. I, I think have it tries never, to do that. Nor has anyone in my family ever been bored enough to give a shit what our neighbors are doing or going through. But it's it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's trying Mike to be is fascinating. It's trying to be a it's trying to be a smaller story though than that in that it's you know like that is interesting. And and there's something very like beautifully 
Americana about this that that captures a very American phenomenon and um, that I appreciate about it. Um, But ultimately, it leaves out women entirely from that element, from from exploring that. It's really just about this dude who Tom Hanks plays who's like... Mm -hmm. Who, frankly, to me, plays a character that doesn't make any sense. I love. He's that. just generally like mad all the time. Yeah, he's and, just and the, the setup for no hazard. reason. It he's does, like average yeah. Joe. He's like an average oh, piece come of on. shit. He's and an average Carrie piece of Carrie Fisher's shit. character has literally no qualities. I don't know how right. else Other to say it except nice. for that she's literally just like, well, whatever you want to do. <laughs> well, I just want you to try this a little more. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go. I there's no there's nothing here for me to do. And his arc is um, that he's for, been bringing home the bacon so hard that he just is stressed. He needs to relax and just, have a cigar on the porch. Yeah. Oh, by the way, and cigars, man. Did you guys notice in the opening, there's both the vet, who I think has a gun maybe in the beginning, uh-huh. and yeah. then also Art comes into his back, like sneaks into his backyard with a yes. rifle. And shoots a So there's like crows. two yeah. different gun-wielding... Oh, I was going to say, you know, would, right real, at the beginning. IRL, I was like, wouldn't huh. you be way more scared totally. of Mark than anyone else on the block? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's called an arms dealer at he one point. He says shit on the news like, uh, and suburbanites... This is like what mass shooters say now. And suburbanites, we're sick of this invasion. We're just not going to take it anymore. We're coming to get them. We're coming to get them. Imagine someone saying that on the news today, and you're like, let's put him in the trio of comedy dudes mm-hmm. who are going to bumble through the movie. That's exactly why he exists. That's what's so interesting to me about this movie. Well, I mean, it's like at this time, like, so there's a line, Ray says, I mean, infrared night vision scopes. This is when they're first, like, yeah. Yeah. a group looking at the uh, Clobex. What are we going to do next? Tap their phone line? Mark, oh, that can be arranged. Ray, then all you have to do is, uh, then Ray says, then all you have to do is just burn a cross on their lawn. Like, it's, right. what's interesting is the worst version, the worst person in this movie isn't the gun, the gun-toting crazy nut or the over creative friend or anyone else it's it's your main character who installs essentially an idea in everyone else that they're all looking to him to make the choice of are we going like to do the stable one art for is like, some reason is this true this crazy thing i thought yeah. of you have to validate that it's true yeah, yeah it's super weird <laughs> blatant disregard for women as roles or agency is Crazy, like Back to the Future. Like, that's how do you uh, get around that problem and not be talked about in the think pieces in 2018? Oh, right. How about right. just write women out m- mainly? Right. <laughs> just have one woman and have her off screen most of the time. The funny thing, though, was that Carrie Fisher had a good amount of screen time yeah. to do nothing or and have no perspective. Because, like, like you said, you thought very she was going to go to the lake house. And she I know. Didn't. I was like, when is she going to the lake she house? She just hung out. It keeps a, happening and she's still not gone. Having Tom Hanks <laughs> run stuff by her, and she'd go, "All right, I heard right. that. I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> I don't well, think it's." And he's like, "Well, I'm gonna do what I want to do." And she's like, "I bet you will." And we'd see that happen. Yeah. <laughs> you you want to hear another crazy, weird? Like, there was a lot of negotiations at the beginning of this movie as to whether or not Tom Hanks would have a kid because oh. it was written in, and he didn't like it. Oh, interesting. Because Why is that? his agents and representation and studio was arguing that. In his spot in his career at this point, 
taking daddy roles was like a bad thing. He's too mm. he's young too, yeah. to be having oh. a kid. Yeah. Not in real life, but like how he's perceived as an actor right now. Right. Which I think is real interesting because like we still kind of have the same problem. We, we, we try to appear a little bit more woke with our approach to things now. But I'd also still laugh if I saw in a James Bond movie that he had a kid. You know, like that that would be a weird but that's, instance. Oh. But just but just because he's James Bond, I and like want, when yeah. is he gonna like Oh, I absolutely want it. <laughs> but he like, must have a kid. I, I see him on the streets of Milan. Eighty kids. And a woman comes up to him and goes, Remember me? This is your son. I mean Kratos has have, a kid. We have a reverse rooftop <laughs> chase. Mm-hmm. Where the mother with the son in her arms is chasing James Bond as he runs away from his responsibility. Yeah, I mean, that's what Indiana Jones 4 is. <laughs> well, he's vining. He's, he's swinging yeah, away I on know, vines. I that's know. different. By the way, did you notice that the kid is... I, I mean, this is another reason they should have gone away. The kid's gone from the movie after this first... Ten minutes. Yeah, he's uh, here for a moment, maybe, and then like yeah. when you think he shows up at a car it, later, that at some point they would have like had him. You know, the kid would come with his dad. I don't know something. Well, there was no story, but they also yeah. weren't out of town. So I was like, I guess that's just. It's interesting. Not he what was this movie is about. Argued about whether there should be a kid back and forth because it is purely ornamental. He could have been there. He's in not, one. Doesn't matter. He's in two scenes basically. He's <laughs> yeah. in one at the beginning and one at the end to remind you that he was in the beginning. I think it's uh, jo- it's because I think Dante thought it would be really weird that and the writer thought it would be really weird if you were talking about suburbanites and it wasn't about the classical family, family. unit yeah and, and art doesn't have a kid and mark I mean, doesn't have a kid this is so. precisely what the uh 80s and 90s with like spielberg was taken advantage of i mean the most interesting aspect of this culture is that it seems to know no bounds in what it will invade i mean Spielberg didn't make this movie. He worked with Dante. It, it, they're taking advantage of the same WASP, uh, Anglo-Saxon Protestant audience right. coming from the suburbs to watch movies. That's what made the blockbuster. Yet Spielberg is Jewish. He just used these this group and at this time, this type of movie that they were ingesting all the time. They were like, this is what the State of the Union of whiteness is. And uh, everyone bought into it. And that was the ni- 80s and 90s. The, there's something I wanted to mention about what we were talking about with the tone mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. earlier. That there is that like the femur bone, like uh, zoom yeah, in yeah, and yeah. out, waka 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 waka. But that stuff, I like tone shifts in a, oh, yes. a lot of things. I've seen but most in, of your in work. This, yes, so you know what I like. Yeah. But I was in like, this, where are you coming up, Doctor Doctor Cone? Doctor Cone will throw a pump zoom so, at you faster so, than oh, you. Oh, that's for sure. <laughs> Stop. But, <laughs> but it was so but the rest of the movie was so not like that and was so designed and yes. then in those movies you the or in those moments when they like broke the conventions mm-hmm. I felt like they were also breaking the acting style conventions and yep. suddenly they were like improvising in a way that, it that didn't yeah. feel grounded in the reality no, they no, created. It's, Tom it, Hanks does in a way that I didn't sometimes. think was successful either. I was yeah. like, oh, oh, okay, you undermine you pulled the rug out of the out, of, uh, out from under the emotional core of this movie uh-huh. because I now can see the actors like trying to have fun in a moment. And a I'm great like, example of that is when, uh, is when they're coming over to see if Ray can come out 
and to play. Ca- Carrie Fisher is like, no, until he's grown up kind of thing. And they literally act like they're alpha alpha. You know, like they put their hands yeah. in their pockets and they like the right. kick is, a rock that doesn't exist. Look, and they're like, oh. doing the can he come out and play routine yeah. and she's the mom. Yeah. Uh, right. Speaking you know of, how your wife is your mom. Speaking exactly. of literally the leave it to beaver house. Yes. Oh, right. Yeah. It yeah. Is. Uh, and on that lot, uh, which I've been on that most of that cul-de-sac is still intact know, to this it's, day. It's weird. Uh, it's very strange. They in, I, when it's I saw in a it, lot I was like, "Oh, movies. I've seen this lot in it's person." A lot of movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of course, the houses have totally changed, but like that curve, the, yeah. it's crazy how many movies it's in. I think it's in Edgar uh, uh, Edward, Edward Scissorhands, Edward Scissorhands oh, as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, so demystify the movies <laughs> for you, youngins. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna throw out all the lines I quote I wrote down. Oh yeah, I wrote, I wrote a couple. I wrote a couple too. Yeah, let's, get do, to, before let's do. Before we get let's to the end, yeah. Keep jumping around. Uh, especially uniquely, like Joe Dante <laughs> writes in a, such an '80s way. Well, he, he didn't write it. He didn't write it. The guy okay. who wrote, I forget Dana, his name. Yeah, Dana something some, with an S. Uh, he wrote some, Memoirs of an Invisible Man and notably George of the Jungle. Then maybe Just this because is, oh, anytime really? Brennan, yeah, anytime Brendan Fraser is in this podcast, I make a mention of it. So. <laughs> maybe uh, Dana Olson. Maybe a Dana comedy Olson. dialogue just had a unique tang in the eighties. But oh yeah, <laughs> Inspector Gadget. To me, these are such eighties lines. Apparently, old Skip made one too many lemon phosphates and El Snapo. Oh, I El wrote down Snapo. El Snapo, too. Describing someone going crazy. <laughs> also, uh, listen to your wife. Who listens to his wife? You got to listen to me. They're Satanists, the Incubus, the Succubus. <laughs> he's just listening like to things he, says, he does. The yeah. Incubus, the, the Succubus. Incubus. <laughs> he's also like, learning those words explicitly. Today. Do not listen to your wife. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nobody knocks off an old man in my neighborhood and gets away with it. Very eighties, also. Someone yeah. calls someone something like, "Hey, meatball." Yeah. At some point, Pinocchio. Uh, yeah. Just, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that meatball there's another one too. Yeah. He says, "If that dog, if that little dog craps on my lawn again, I'll staple his butt shut." Yeah. For some reason, I'm like, that's such an eighties comedy line. <laughs> I um. Recently rewatched uh, Nightmare on Elm Street for the first mm-hmm. time, or, or not for the first time. What I've watched it so many times. Ignore that I said that. Okay, but I w- watched it again recently, and uh, I forgot about this line. Hey, up yours with a rusty lawnmower. Oh yeah, that's right. And there was a lot of <laughs> right. a lot of like little moments like that in this where you're like, huh, I don't remember saying. Those, those things, things. yeah that's but maybe i did i, I did mean i call my friends dill holes i yeah. don't remember doing that although i was quoting beavis and butthead a lot right, so who right. knows what maybe. i was who doing knows what i was you know? up to cornholia is weirder than dill hole yeah oh yeah cornholia. Uh, last sequence of lines i wrote down just because i think it's so funny <coughs> and i'm sure joe tante meant this as his embedded like fighting back to get his satire back uh but it's literally <laughs> so it's uh, I'll go call the police. And Hank says, no, no, no. Wait until we find some evidence. And he goes, ah, but that'll take all night. So literally direct appeal to, right. let's not have due process. Let's right. just go in and kill these like people. Children like children Like a mob. Yeah. yeah, it's like little rascals. <laughs> yeah. There uh, is a sandlot quality to absolutely. the verbs. Absolutely. It's an adult sandlot. 
Uh, Art has a uh, heroin line at the uh, at the very end when he's talking to the news, uh, getting interviewed as like we right we zoom out. By the way, uh, this is the first instance. Uh, I, I'm just jumping ahead because the last shot is mimics the first shot yeah. in the movie. Yeah, this is the first time that they ever did anything in a movie uh, with a logo. In what way? So it zooms into the globe. Oh, off yeah. of the, right, of the universal uh, yeah. globe. The and universal then logo zooms yeah. all the way into a, a suburb, and a lot that of was people. Good. I liked it. A lot of people said that that was the best part of the movie because they had never seen it any. Was. Ins- yeah, it, it, I was. I was on board with never... this movie for like twenty minutes. Right. I was and very on board. I was like, "Ooh, was zoom in, suburbia." Yeah. I wrote down. Like, and all in this like, world and there's a creepy house and yeah. that seems like and, that's going to get really exciting. When you see the suburbs from above Goldsberg. it very pointedly looks like a like a bland maze. Right. And I was like so there is going to be satire in here mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah that that's opening shot satire. is cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah it was the first time in a feature length movie that anything anyone ever fucked with production splash. Yeah. Um, but anyway uh, before that undoes itself and we in, hit the end of the movie the last line I think in the movie is Art, who's the the fat, the not fat one, <laughs> right? The not uh, fat, dumb fat. He's guy. the nosy neighbor. Yeah, you know, always in. He's pe- the best friend. People's guy business. Comes over for breakfast and steals you know. all your food. Opens your fridge, Turkey and leg. takes a side of ribs and a, a full pineapple. Right, and a full leaves. pineapple. Right, they haven't even cut into that pineapple yet. He <laughs> right, just took it. It's like it seems that their fridge <laughs> is like hook rules. <laughs> just like whatever you imagine. Is well, in as we know, Carrie Fisher has no perspective on anything in this. <laughs> Movie. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's just like, well, whatever. She's, gotta buy Why a not? pineapple. Why not? <laughs> That's her character. I'll run <laughs> back to the market and get another pineapple. Yeah, I love we her. We have too. 17 pineapples, Carol. <laughs> All right. Art says, I think the message to uh, psychos, fanatics, murderers, nutcases all over the world is uh, do not mess with suburbanites. Because, uh, frankly, we're not going to take it anymore, you know? We're not going to be content to look over our lawns and wax our cars, paint our houses. We're going to get them, Don. We're going to go out and get them. So yeah, it's kind of like, dark, kind of dark, hey, ultimately. White suburbanite dads, let's all get together and fucking kick some random asses. <laughs> slavers. Well, yeah, let's pour, it kind of portends some, like, dark, you yeah, know, this, he, he's like the lovable, you know, neighbor who, like, <laughs> right. is paranoid, but oh, also right, is the dude. one going to the border and, like, kicking over water bottles for migrants, maybe, yeah, you know. Maybe because he like, happened to be right. <laughs> This one time it's with the Corpex, he was right. <laughs> yeah. Some some foreigners he thought were evil were evil. Mm-hmm. Now he's like a minute man at the border for I, the rest I, of his life. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, no, no but it, it happened this It doesn't one take time. much extrapolation to be like, oh, this guy's like seriously nativist. Like, oh, yeah. No, he's <laughs> uh, know. he's described as like a creative and also as a, a little bit fashy. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's art for you. <laughs> well, I, I wanted mm. to seed to you that the film might be seminal in certain ways because I did find myself comparing it to other comedies that I do enjoy a lot more. Mm. Like, uh, there were moments where the Klopex felt functionally very much like the McPoyles in Always Sunny. <coughs> and I love me the McPoyles. Yeah, sardines and pretzels, you know, just right. like random nonsense. Random humor where it's like... They're not from here, so they eat weird, gelatinous, They're cold things. Dog yeah. is enormous. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also found myself thinking of King of the Hill a lot, even more so than usual, because I'm usually thinking about King of the Hill a lot. <laughs> um, but 
King of the Hill fanatics will know what I'm talking about if you've seen the burbs. Ray is Hank. Uh, Mark is Dale Gribble, clearly. Art is Bill Dotrieve, and Corey Feldman is Boomhauer. And I'm not going to like unpack why, because you need to have seen both. Right. But I do think that lends some credibility Absolutely. to the idea that it's part of the comedy conversation, it's part of the history of comedy. Right. And it probably inspired some people who were young then and saw it then to think of better iterations of these jokes and put them in their comedies later. Sure. I ultimately liked the filmmaking overall. The, the actual like filmmaking yeah. of it overall was... You know, I like his directing style in that he has a vision and he enacts it and it's very deliberate. And I thought Tom Hanks was great. I thought Carrie Fisher was great. I just wish she had something to do. And, you know, overall, there's a great mood to it and it's fun. But and I'm kind of trying to figure out if it feels this way because I'm seeing it now or like that its legacy has done this to itself. Mm -hmm. But watching it for me for the first time felt like where's all the details to this story? This story is like the idea of a story and they didn't add anything. It felt like a very bare, like here's a movie about suburbia. And we kind of just did a general first sketch of this. Everyone kind of like a vague idea of a character. Mm -hmm. And we kind of made, because when you, there's no surprises. You think like the, you really think maybe there's going to be some surprises or it's going to like do a left turn at some point. And from the beginning, you're like, no, there's going to be no surprises, as no revelations. It's yeah. as advertised. And it's like a, it's like, here's skim milk, have a full glass. I'm like, I don't think I need a full glass of skim milk. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, exactly. I'll drink a little. Okay. So it's just going to be this the whole time. I, I, well, you're Last like almost to the end of it. And you're like, first. it's yeah, exactly. That, that's so watery. My that's my argument that that is intentional. It's, it's, uh, it, it, Takes all the details. Like, for example, it's a we know it's a big glass t- of skim milk. <laughs> Just a really big glass. Uh, when you uh, with uh, what is it? Extra? Oh, it's like the white bread lactate. with the extra glass of water on the side for dipping. <laughs> yeah, that's Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, when like you were mentioning it, when Art comes over to Ray's house, um, and also when he takes when Ray takes his dog out to have like take a shit right mm. and like how all everyone's dogs are shitting on everyone's lawns like these people are not friends you take for granted because of the setup of how movies go you infer that they're friends they literally are telling their dogs to shit on people's lawns as a passive aggressive way to get mm. back at each other uh, like they use scare tactics like it's not about the clopex like they are horrible monsters to each other they give each other privileged information and then they totally like for example art tells ricky while drinking beers about ray's smoking scheme like mm-hmm. he comes out here so the wife doesn't know right. that he's smoking which is not like it's not unprivileged information i guess but also if that was your friend would you just advertise that to people these people are not friends I think these people are just forced to be around each other, which makes everything false and just a big tall glass of milk that you have yeah. to drink. And well, I think it also might, it could feel that way. Like these characters in this scenario can feel so like tired. And to me, it felt basic. 
but mm-hmm. I wonder if it feels basic to me because of this movie in a certain way. I like think that's like part its of legacy it. has created yeah. a world where me in 2018 watches this and thinks yeah. this is like the most tired concept the ever, and a, you know not the most exciting version of it. But that might be because it exists already in the world. I think it is at least to some degree. The clearest example to me is the uh, part where. It becomes a Western because I forget there's some sort of showdown in the cul-de-sac about dog shit or whatever. And it does the spaghetti Western zoom close up into the eyes on everyone who's involved in the scene. Right. And then the dog at the end. And I did think very clearly if that joke had not been done many times since then, I would have laughed at it. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to now. <laughs> I mean, it's right. Arrested Development. Uh, it's, yeah. With, with what's, what's the puppet's name in Arrested Development? Franklin. Franklin. But Mr. F. But Mr. Uh, F. it makes sense that there's no way to objectively judge comedy, which is based in surprise. If it was such a successful comedy that most of the bits have been used again in other comedies you saw, that is always tough. But uh, not, not well reviewed movie. It became At a the cult time. hit. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I also want to ask because this is just like a reference blank spot. Every time they show Mark in the first act, it plays a particular war sting, which is the same sting they use in the season one, episode five, Simpsons episode, Bart the General. Maybe this can't mm. be answered by the men at no. this table, but is that from something? Is that like from Platoon? Are you, are you talking is about when there's all, that, there's all this marching music in yeah, the movie? Um, that that comes in a drum. few times. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's this also like a horn gearing up sting. to... There's a horn sting that's specifically related I'm sure to his entrance. Yeah, I, I, it's it it definitely something. smacks of something of like, you know, John Ford, they were expendable you, or something yeah, like that. I wasn't sure specifically what the reference was, but I remember those... Yeah parts it's probably like Patton or something it's got to be because it's it's identical to the one they use in the simpsons right and if it's used in the simpsons it's a reference to something you know right, what i mean right. yeah uh that's all i got though should we wrap it up yeah we can so what do you guys think of, uh i just wanted to feel out though what do you guys think about my theory that it's uh it's more about amongst the friends circle than it is actually about the clopex i totally Theater. could believe that joe dante meant that but i don't see that at all you don't see it they at all none of them suffer by wait you the, see it but you don't i'm sorry I don't no understand. i see how or i believe you that maybe you said you've read interviews with him and stuff that that was mm-hmm. his intent but however it got ruined if it was through gotcha. the production process or whatever mm. None of the three main trio do anything bad to any of the other three that sticks, and nothing, no of the main three suffer any consequences by the end of the film. Yes. So I don't know how to parse it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree. I mean, the thing that was weird to me is that I thought I was watching a certain movie, and it the movie kept changing. I was like, oh, this is what this movie is? Because to me, ultimately, it was about the three guys. I just didn't know why it was about the three guys because I wasn't interested in that story. Yeah. So, so ultimately yeah. it ended up being about Tom Hanks and his two crazy neighbors, um, you know, going in. I would have understood that frankly back going back to this, if Carrie Fisher was out of town <coughs> and this was about what happens when this Boy, man who's a kind of a man child and he gets, you know, but 
Because our anyway, life is also out of town. Then that could have worked. Yeah, it's more it's like all work and no play. Yeah, and, and, and like oh, and you know, my better half was gone, and I yeah. don't know, and I'm not functional I on my own. But crazy. yeah, it did ultimately. It was about those three to me, and they all. But it was weird because it ultimately, like we talked about, it should be about three guys who like. Uh, paranoia gets the best of them and they destroy and each they other. destroy each other and they destroy yeah. someone else innocent yeah. but the person isn't innocent so then you're like well they weren't paranoid they were actually Correct. right the cr- clues <laughs> yeah. they got were apt and they were fine and good job guys and <laughs> so then you're like huh all right well, but i see the clues uh, that moving you on see. Mm-hmm. i think it's a compromised satire in yeah. that sense yeah um do you want to uh, think of the last aspect but we're over time anyway I, I got some trivia if you want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, I can see that you do. Go ahead. Uh, at this, just to, I, this, this is this the kind is of now, my favorite. This may be our longest frame rate episode. Is it? It's about the birds what that bothers me. No way. Oh, no, no way. way. Did anyone else think that it might have ended with a total someone from left field that you never met turning out to be the serial killer because they were isolated from the community? You know what? I didn't even. That might have they, they didn't even plant any inkling of it could. They, they kind of actually didn't even <laughs> plant an inkling of we need to find that serial killer. It, right. it was just like there used to be someone living in this house and something pretty bad. Anyway, let's find out what's going on with these creepy guys. <laughs> oh my god, it's the same thing. That's cool. But you could convenient won back for us. Some of your satire crowd. If there was someone else who's like, I was just so lonely. <laughs> no one ever sends their dog to shit on my lawn, so right. I started killing people. Uh, yeah, they definitely could have done that. I, I would. Like, I would have been like, oh, a surprise if or they an, did that. And intentionally it was, it was Corey Feldman to blame dad. the creepy people. Yeah. Does Fel- is Fel- Feldman's alive, right? Yeah, he was doing that yeah, yeah, mus- he's music. Yeah, he's oh, a music okay. video. Oh, he's recently yeah. that has been mm-hmm. the well, widespread we'll cover next recipient week. of <laughs> criticism <laughs> of online bullying. So, Daniel. Yes. Thoughts on Thank- Corey Feldman? Acute? No. Where can people find you online? Oh, okay. There's that too. Um, just go to my, go to, uh, email me at danielvincentgord at coreyfeldman.com. My name is Daniel Vincent Gord. You mm-hmm. guys, you see me on the internet. Go to um, my YouTube channel. That's what I've been working on recently. Right. Uh, Matt and Dan. And we're lucky enough to be youtube.com slash Matt and Dan. You spell it out. Great if stuff, by the way. Season Thank you very much. Like, really smart. Yeah. Really smart. Well-written, well-crafted. Thank you for having And hilarious web that. series. Season one out now. Season two coming. Yeah, we just funded season two. So get ready. Matt and Dan. The Burbs. You know where we are. We're the here. The Burbs. The Burbs. <laughs> that was The Burbs. Matt, Matt Burbs, Dan Burbs. <laughs>